Welcome to the Home Abroad Podcast with Housing Anywhere. I'm Ellie, your host. I'm an Irish expat living in the Netherlands since 2019. In this season of Home Abroad, we are going to take you through the ins and outs of life in Germany as an expat. This season, we meet expats living in Germany who come from an array of backgrounds and are excited to share their expat experiences with us and with you. If you're listening, you're probably thinking of moving to Germany yourself. So why not check out our website where you can find your dream German home. Thank you so much for chatting with us today, Moza. It's great to have you on board and it's also great to get the perspective of someone who came from a completely different country, who's not European and moved to Germany and has also lived everywhere. So that's fantastic. So the first thing we're going to talk about is what German employers are looking for in your curriculum vitae, so your CV. As a career coach, what kind of information do you advise people include in their CVs? First of all, thank you very much, Ali, for inviting and for the talk itself. It's a quite tricky question because it's not about the company itself per se, but it's about the culture with the company communicates to the outside world, right? In general, Germany has no specific standards, like, like you would expect a specific topics on your CV. Germany has the similar standard, like anywhere around the world, you would need to concentrate on your experience. And if you, you would need to scale it down, are you applying? From the perspective of an employee or a potential candidate who is going to enter the job market or workforce with no experience, or are you entering it with an experience? This is where we need to differentiate. If you are coming from abroad or if you're living already in Germany as an expat and entering the job market after your studies in Germany, which is kind of easier to obtain a job with your CV. And on your CV, you would usually input your studies, your background, where you come from, and so on and so forth. But what really comes down to the point is Germany is not a classical immigrant's land. And without the German knowledge, you would be lost. This is the, this is where the language skills come across, right? If you've studied in Germany and you didn't learn the language, then the first thing I would always suggest to anybody is to learn the language, which would immerse you into the culture, understanding how Germans take right? how the German culture is. And it is easier because not many companies in Germany, and we are not talking about the big tech companies or big fives. We are talking about the local companies who are based in Germany. They have a, a local company language as a German. So not many Germans also speak as good English as expats. In fact, if you are applying to a company where, where company language is English, then you have obviously an easier access. There, you would need to insert on your CV or on your resume, the regular stuff, like your studies, your work experience, what you've done. But Germans look specific skill sets, right? They work for a hardworking personnel, hardworking people who are dedicated to work. It's like a working culture. So what you look for is basically the projects, proof of projects which have been accomplished by you or by, by somebody. Who's, who can validate that skill set, which, which is on the CV was explaining, okay, I've led 10 people and accomplished the project was, let's say you're applying for a sales, sales position and you, what you could, for example, put on that is I've led a sales team of 10 and we have generated the revenue and increased the revenue plus 20% within the period, time period frame of from this to that, or from January to October, for example. So this is like a kind of a really focused skill set where the job recruiters or German job recruiters look for. 
So your kind of main takeaways will be having the German language is a first for you. And you also recommend including specific projects with specific skill sets that you've completed in previous experiences. Exactly. Which is becoming a very niche focus. And in general, Germans look for dedicated employees who've stayed in the company for a longer period of time. And we are talking about the conservative companies. So if you're hopping jobs, like every three months changing your jobs, it wouldn't look appealing to a German recruiter. Okay. Very interesting. So going back to the language thing, just really quickly, do you think is it would it be difficult to find a job as a non-German speaker in Germany? Also, it depends. I will tell you my own personal experience. In 2010, when I arrived to Germany, was no German skills. I learned the language in Berlin while attending the school. And I've applied without any language skills to over 370 companies within the first six weeks, like six to eight weeks approximately. And I've got 370 rejections. Okay. It's lost. One thing was like, I didn't speak the language. I didn't know the market and I couldn't enter the market with my previous skill set. So it was a pretty difficult and tough time. And in 2010, the recruitment, recruiting market was looking completely different than what is now. So in 2010, there were a, a lots of potential employees and the job market was like flooded with qualities and they could cherry pick, but now everything turned other way around. We've got the job market where, where quality employees are really tough to get. And there are lots of positions specifically in IT or sales or product development, as well as the marketing area where good quality employees with skill sets also quite uh, on demand. And even if you don't have the language skills, they are more willing to pay you for your language classes and get you on board and then train you for long-term rather than going and looking for a dead specific employee. If they get that, it's amazing. If not, then the companies are more flexible, right? So they will be more inclined to hire someone who has a very good skill set and then help them learn the language to fit into the country and I guess the company culture better. Obviously, yeah, because the profile of the potential candidate needs to obviously fit also the offered job position. If it's a quite niche where the language skills are secondary focus, you, you, you wouldn't be able to enter the HR market if you are not taking care of the English speaking employees, if your English is your strong suit with no English, the vice versa as well. If you're working in a medium-sized company where all of the employees, let's say thousand employees are all of them speaking German. And even if you have a recruitment background, even if you have a, uh, um, people leading skills and HR background, you wouldn't be able to enter that, that department without proper language skills. Yeah, but whereas in IT, most probably yes. Okay. Interesting. And do you think like even in cities similar to Berlin and Munich, where there would be a lot of expats living there who might not speak the language, would there be more job opportunities for English speakers there? Job or two opportunities are everywhere. This is a, this is like a misconception of understanding where the job opportunities are. I live in a small town with 16,000 people, right? Maximum 12,000 on a core and then 4,000 approximately on the surrounding area. And yeah, we hire people from around the world in that town. We've got great companies there. And even if you don't have language skills, as I said, the companies are willing to pay for that language skills. But this is also like, okay, the Berlin is a hub. 
it's an amazing place to get the first step and get the opportunities. I've got lots of friends who are Spanish speaking and they don't, they have a limited amount of German skills, German language skills, and they are still working in the companies. I've got a lot of Bulgarians. I've got a lot of, let's say, I also work with refugees who are coming to the country with Ukrainian or Russian skill sets, right? But they've also got the quality skills from a different part. But they're also entering the market. But there are as there are only so many companies in Berlin who can hire you without any German skills. So if everybody is going to go to Berlin and apply there, they run out of jobs eventually. So that's the, that's exactly the point. If I would be a, now a person who is going to go and enter a German job market completely fresh, I wouldn't target. Berlin, unless otherwise you want to work for a startup company, which is because the startup scene is in Berlin quite immense and huge. And the same goes for Munich as well. But I would look just beside the borders of Berlin and Munich. There are many other cities where you can actually go and work in, in companies where you don't have the skills, German skills or limited German skills, but you can still enter the job market. Okay. That's very interesting. I think we've probably focused a little bit on language for a little bit too long. So we'll go back to the actual structure of the CV itself, because that's obviously the most important part of any job application is your CV. How long do you think German should be and what format would it typically be expected to be in? And do you have any recommendations for like resources or templates that expats who are moving to Germany could use for their CVs? Absolutely. There is no specific format. It used to be a like a listicle form previously, where they've in Germany, they usually start after the school or they, that's what's taught in the schools. It used to be actually, they used to go with a, like a listicle from time of birth, school, and then the work experience, but that has shifted to international standards, which means it, no, not many companies care about now what grades you've get, you've got in the school, because it is not a validation or proof of success within the job. So. They've shifted to international standard, which means from your latest work experience or the, your current position, and then insert the things which you've accomplished within that position. But the further you go backwards on the history, the less important it becomes because everybody is looking now on the latest skill set, how you can utilize the transferable skills. So you got to focus if, for example, if you're changing careers from a teacher to a marketing place, right? From to become a marketing assistant. Then you obviously didn't work in the marketing area, but you have a transferable skills like scripting, writing, storytelling. So what you can do is you can actually focus on those transferable skills on your CV and then that adjust your CV depending on the company or depending on the position you're applying for. And this is the, this is the most important at the moment. And the second thing what I would suggest is Definitely utilize the tools like online tools like LinkedIn. I don't even remember for the past seven years when I've physically applied for the position. I've reached out to LinkedIn. I've reached out to same context, same as like a German-speaking approach of the LinkedIn in the in, in German-speaking countries. It was all done off the record. The position is there. It is advertised. But my approach was get in touch directly with a hiring manager, get in touch directly with a recruiter. It's much more easier because you already have a specific contact with that person and you can ask about their position. You can ask about what do they look for in that position? 
and then evaluate, okay, if this position is fitting my CV or I, am I at all willing to work for this company with this requirements? So that's what I would focus on. That's a really good point because obviously it's very good to actually get in contact with the hiring manager because you get so much more knowledge about the job than you'd probably see on the actual job application or like job description. So it's actually, re I'm going to keep that for myself. I'm going to keep that one up there. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Really clever. It's very, it's also like more personal, I think, to reach out to the hiring manager. They're going to remember you. Definitely. You stand out from the crowd as well. So obviously what most job applications will require a cover letter with your CV. If you're reaching out to a hiring manager, are you sending a cover letter and a CV or are you just contacting them? It depends. For example, if I wasn't successful enough to reach out to the hiring manager as a direct contact, if I added them as a contact and I tried to put like a small template, I usually use a small template that was, hey, I've seen this job. I think my profile fits perfectly to this job. I wanted to know more about the position itself. Most people say, do you want to talk about it shortly? I give them a specific time frame. Do you, can we talk five to eight minutes, which is like a very short period of time, but it ends up to be a little bit longer because when you engage with the manager, then you already know what kind of a specific things they're looking for. And in my cover letter after that, I don't usually send out the cover letter. I usually send out the email if it's an email or directly on the LinkedIn with, with the info, hey, we've just discussed about it. It was really nice. Thank you very much. This is my CV as we've talked about it. And that's it. Some companies still do require, which is a, like a old school companies with really conservative approach, but there is nothing wrong with that. This is just because the companies have a lots of applicants maybe, and they would like to, but they don't have time. They don't have the hiring manager who has dedicated time period to talk through the each and every candidate. In that case, I do I would include a cover letter, but cover letter doesn't have to copycat your CV. It needs to give a little bit more hooks, like hooking the person directly to you to review your CV. For example, if, you've, if you're applying for an IT position, right? And IT position can differ from one place to another. But if you're like specialized on a cloud computing or cloud infrastructure, then you could come up with some sort of a one-liner and say, Hey, I take care of your cloud for you, or I manage your cloud background and give you a specific value, right? So if you deliver in one sentence or two sentences, the value you can deliver to the company, it has much more higher uh, rate of return of the hiring manager contacting you rather than just a regular cover letter. You'd have better success if you gave them a hook to... So here's what I do, but I'm not going to go into too much detail, but this is a good idea of what I can bring to the table. Exactly. Because that saves in initially time for that hiring manager because they're looking for a specific profile. They, we scan CVs, tons of CVs, like hundreds and thousands, there are lots of them. And there is nothing wrong to come up with some sort of a system how you scan the CV. So everything what is around the resume or the CV was funky Unless otherwise you're applying for marketing, like funky fonts or graphics or whatever it is, you just, they're all distracting. And the recruiters have learned to focus only on keywords. It's like almost SEO optimizing your CV so that the recruiters can find that specific keyword, which they are looking for in that job profile. I love that. That's so clever. <laughs> SEO optimize your CV. That's brilliant though. No, I think it's really good idea. 
have keywords that kind of sum up your experience. I actually, I've done that myself in my last few job applications where I had keywords at the top that said, here's my skills, here's what I'm good at, here's what I can bring. And I've, I heard back from nearly all of the jobs that I applied from because I had, I think because I had those keywords, they didn't have to read my entire, not that it's too long, but they didn't have to read my entire CV to know exactly what I was going to bring to the table. So it is a really good bit of advice. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what I also suggest is, and that I need to say from the perspective of, of a person who has a very long name. And this is just to give an advice because we have a lot of people applying from different countries, right? And if you have a long name, there is nothing wrong in shortening your name to the chase of a nickname. Like I, I do not use all 27 letters on my resume. I use only four words of four letters of my first and the four letters of my last name. So you're creating your personal identity within the company. If you get into the company, everybody will know you with that nickname and not with your full name. You might need to give your full name for legality and onboarding and so on and so forth. But then you're already like helping the recruiters to address you properly. If you've inserted like a pronunciation of your name on your LinkedIn profile, it will help you. It will help the recruiter to address you properly because not everybody speaks the same language. Like if you have an Indian background or the Uzbekistan background, that some of the names are really difficult to pronounce in Europe. So you get, you're taking the pressure off the recruiter. So they don't, I don't want to say that it's a name discrimination, but it is like helping somebody else to address you properly that they don't, they don't look at your name and I say, I'm not able to even pronounce it. Okay. Very interesting. I never would have even thought of that, but my name is really short, though. I suppose it never pained me. But that's a really good point. I suppose it also makes, it's probably not a good thing, but it can make you more approachable when they, it's not intimidating because they know exactly what they need to say or they can hear what they need, to, how they need to pronounce your name and not insult you in the process. So one more, one more question about CV specifics, and you can answer this one with some anecdotes or whatever funny stories you might have. What are some mistakes that people make in their CVs when applying to jobs? The simplest mistake is contact detail. If you cannot get in touch with the person after you've seen the CV and then the phone number changed and they put like a girlfriend's phone number because they're not comfortable talking in German if they get in touch with them. Have you experienced that? Oh my God. Yeah, I have. I literally have that. Yeah. You get in touch with somebody and then, oh, this is my husband's CV. I'm at work at the moment. So can we talk? But this, it is funny, but it's keep it professional. And, and then to the point of the nicknames as well, sometimes people insert some kind of a email addresses, which is the white fox. It's great, but it's, yeah, the guy has a sense of humor or, or the candidate has a sense of humor, but Keep it professional. We are talking about the job application. We are talking about the more or less serious approach because they will be using those details in order to get in touch with. Don't use your email address that you made when you were like 12 years old. And you... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So contact details and email addresses, two things to keep an eye on. Two things to keep in mind. And when you use a photo, pay attention when you, when you use the specific type of photo. I suggest usually don't use any photos in order to avoid biases. A hiring manager or recruiter might have, but if you want to use the photo, which is absolutely fine as well, it is like candidate's choice. Don't use a photo which represents nothing because your photo is like something a recruiter takes the CV in the hand to, and then says, okay, like this is your first phase first point of contact 
first impression, maybe jumping off the plane might represent a hobby or adventurous type. But if you're applying for an IT job where you need to have a complete focus, not so great because it's like detail oriented and so on and so forth. We could help yourself to avoid the stereotypical box thinking of a person in front of you. Yeah, of course. That makes sense. Just to sum up what we've discussed about German CVs, you advise people to prioritize their specific skill sets and projects that they've taken place in while actually creating their CV for a German job application. Skills are more important than language, but language is also really important. So you would also advise people to learn German or at least show some initiative that you want to learn German when you're applying for a German job, because a lot of jobs will help you actually learn German. You also advise that hopping jobs every few months is probably not the best idea. It doesn't look great on your CV. German employers want to see people who stick around. There's no specific format to a German CV, but there used to be a listing format. So nowadays it's more of an international standard, again, where you're prioritizing your skill set. You also advise contacting a hiring manager directly while applying for a job. Don't necessarily have to apply on the website or on the job application directly, but you advise going to the hiring manager for more personal experience and to be more memorable. You also advise putting a one-liner in your cover letter to show the specific value that you can bring to the company and having keywords in your cover letter and your CV, which hiring managers can skim and not get distracted by funky fonts or too much graphic design <laughs> on your CV. Shorten your name if necessary. And if you want to, don't use anyone else's contact details. I can't believe that even needs to be said. Don't use ridiculous email addresses. Now, coming back to the photo really quick, I, a lot of what I read prior to this, because I'm Irish, obviously, I've never put my photo on a CV. It's not a typical thing here as far as I'm aware. I'm in Ireland currently. It's not very typical to have your photo on your CV. But when I went to Amsterdam, I noticed a lot of people did have their photos on their CVs and I thought, oh, maybe it's a European thing. I don't know about. And then when I was researching about Germany, it seemed like it was a kind of a standard to put your photo in your CV, but you're saying it's not really necessary. It's not necessary. You might face some challenges in that case because they still have this traditional approach to the CV because the CV represents the person. It's the first contact, first approach, first impression, what you deliver, but the change. That's the reason why I've mentioned it. There are companies, international companies, who have adopted the international standards where no photo is necessary. They use the, like, they use almost like an Excel sheet format of the CV, where it's only consists of the words and contact details. But more and more companies are moving or shifting their application process to online. And even in that online approach, they putting your photo is optional. It is not obligatory. But not everybody is applying to a, a huge company. So if you go for a smaller type of a company where it is owner managed and familiar atmosphere and so on and so forth, you would like to in include your photo because the decision making is not only the solely decision of the owner or managing director. It's like a, also a team decision, right? So if you work as a photographer, you would like to include your photo, your photo on that because you want to you want to deliver the message that you are also a capable photographer and that's the photo you've taken. And this is my first portfolio, right? It all depends, but the bigger companies most probably will not ask you. The smaller companies tend to ask. I would avoid it, but this is my personal opinion. Let me give you an example, right? Do you really want to work in a company where they have excluded your CV just because of your photo? That's a very good point. 
you got you obviously would naturally want to avoid that. And that's what I always wondered why people included it. And then a lot of people said, oh, it's just like it's your first impression. But I did also think, why did I want to see what I looked like before they've even read what my career experience is? So yeah, very interesting. Thanks for listening to this episode of Home Abroad. Be sure to check out episode two, where we dive into nailing your German job interview. And be sure to subscribe to Home Abroad to keep up with all our latest episodes.